0: Welcome to The Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in to this guest edition of The Nun Report. It's great to welcome back the guy. He was actually my very first guest when I started doing guests on this show back in May. And uh, over the years, he's become one of the biggest taxpayer advocates in the country by far. He's been fighting tirelessly for over 25 years to help keep local Washington taxes in check. One might call him the ambassador of the taxpayer who through his efforts has saved Washington residents over $54 billion. And uh, he's kind of passionate the torch. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And, um, and it, it's, it's, it's great to see that In fact, the initiative process in the state is growing. We're going to talk a lot about that. Um, so let's get down to it. Welcome to the show, Tim. I'm and Tim, thanks for coming on today. It took us a few tries to, uh, to get this together and get our schedules in sync, but, um, but yet here we are, and no, and really going to bring you in.
1: Chance to come back on. It was a lot of fun the last time, and knowing that I was the first made it kind of special.
0: Yeah, I mean it was kind of cool, and uh, and so you were my guinea pig, and and we're uh, we've <laughs> worked out a few bugs. A little bit about your it, it, we, my audience is always changing. It is national. There's a, it's a large portion is in Washington State, but um, you know different people see different videos depending on when you post them. So. How about a little bit of your background and history on uh, what you've been doing for the last 25 years in the state?
1: Well, I was born and raised in
0: Washington,
1: a small town called Yakima, which is kind of in the center of the state, more of a conservative area of the state. Got a college degree from Washington State University in business. Uh, Did a small business for about 10 years. But in my late 20s, you know, politics kind of took over my life. And I really got drawn to the initiative process. And the reason I loved it so much was because it was the voters that were deciding. It wasn't the politicians. It was the voters. And so you would come up with ideas. I would have a brain trust of people. And we would go, well, what's the big problem we have in Washington? And, of course, the list would be long. Uh, But we would say, well, what's the worst problem that we've got? And so, well, what's our solution to it? And we found that so many politicians never actually want to fix the problem. They just want to argue about it all the time. And so our little niche in the policy process was, well, let's just fix the problem. Let's stop talking about it. Let's actually fix it. So I've done uh, 17 initiatives uh, over my adult life, uh, and the voters of Washington have voted for 11 of them. But frankly, I think all 17 of them, all statewide, were successful because it was 17 times the voters had a chance to make a decision on whether or not they wanted to move in the direction that the initiative uh, offered or whether or not they didn't agree with it and I respect the voters' decision on every one of them whether they voted yes or no uh, it's just a matter of me learning throughout the process how to address concerns uh, that the initiative has to most voters
0: yeah well in either way it, it brings awareness to the process and, and to issues that are that are ongoing in the state, whether it passes or not at least as you said, it gives the voter the opportunity. It also brings awareness. Um, I'm going to drop a clip here. I want to I want to play this, and then we'll comment on it a little bit because you made some great points here, and I, I think that uh, I think your your positions have remained the same. Um, Getting
1: people to sign petitions is not difficult. The hard part is, people like us, conservatives, we have a disadvantage that the left doesn't have to worry about. We work for a living, (laughs) we have jobs. runs running the companies we're the ones pulling the wagon the people riding in the wagon got all the time in the world to do all sorts of fun stuff we're too busy pulling the wagon for politics and really it's a normal thing i mean three of us were freaks of nature i mean seriously
0: <laughs> so that 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 takes it back a little bit that's kind of a throwback right oh absolutely remember it vividly in the town of bellingham
1: uh, there was a big uh rally and the place was packed. And it was one year that I was doing an initiative on lowering the cost of how much it costs to register a vehicle in the state of Washington. And this is the initiative I'm probably the most known for. But it is true. As conservatives, you know, politics is not on the totem pole our top priority. Normally, it's our faith, our family, our friends, uh, owning a company, trying to run a company, trying to be an employee of the company. We all work for a living. The left, their religion is politics. Their church right. is Olympia. That's their religion. That's all they do. And so the initiative process allows everybody to be able to vote on one day, on one idea. Uh, and and be able to change the direction of the state. And that's the part I really like the most about the process, is that they can stack a meeting down in Olympia with just their supporters. But when it comes to a vote of the people, you get everybody having a chance to vote.
0: Yeah, you know, and I get that all the time. I get... Um, Well, how come, why are you doing this uh, protest on a weekend? Nobody's even there on a weekend because we work, you know, it's it's like, because you see the the, the left side of the aisle. They're always, you know, they're down there during the week. They might be down there all week long. Who knows what? I don't know where they get their money. I suppose they get it from different um, organizations and whatnot. But uh, I know that we work for ours, right? No, absolutely. I mean, you see it that
1: how Olympia manipulates the process by saying, well, we're going to have a public meeting, but we're going to have it on Wednesday at noon. And you're like, yeah. give me a break. Everybody who works for a living is not able to trek down to Olympia, but all the people that are able to just take time off on a Wednesday at noon are able to go down there and testify. That is not a representative sample of the voters. The only way you're gonna find out what the voters think is to put it on the ballot on a general election ballot when everybody has a chance to vote. And that's the thing that I loved about the process is that my vote, a regular citizen counts just as much as the governor's vote does on a citizen initiative. And I love how egalitarian that is. And I think that's why politicians hate it so much, because they're used to making all the decisions. And to me, it's like, well, 99.9% of the decisions are made by you guys. What's wrong with us? You know the unwashed masses what's wrong with yeah. us making at least one decision on the direction of our state
0: yeah well and speaking of of uh of subverting the process or subverting what the public wants and doing things on weekdays you were over in Yakima recently and mm. uh, and it was uh, you got a chance to speak at the, the the council meeting I believe there's a a mayor over there that this kind of I don't think she Fully understands how things work. Let's take a look at this clip, and then and then we'll, we'll we'll talk on that a little bit. So check this out. Eleven Yakima Mayor Janice DCO addressing her
1: 911 call at tonight's city council meeting, saying she was trying to get answers on why petitioners weren't removed from a Walmart parking lot. But as Hunter Fitz reports tonight, multiple speakers spoke out against her. A packed council room with people there to listen or speak their minds on Yakima Mayor's Janice Decio's 911 call released online. At the beginning of the council meeting, DCO offered her remarks on what happened, saying someone had called her about petitioners at the Knob Hill Walmart harassing people and wanted to ask why police did not do anything.
0: It is in my within my purview to call 911 when I have a question. I'm on the executive board of Yak Corp, so
1: I'm well aware of how the 9-11 system works. Decio says she called 911 because the non-emergency line was not picking up.
0: I moved to censure Mayor Decio, for inappropriate and unwarranted behavior as an elected official of the city of Yakima.
1: That motion came right after Decio's remarks. She was worried about people's safety. While some weren't buying it. Janice, you're lying. Calling 911 because you claim you didn't know the nuances of the First Amendment just isn't plausible.
0: I mean, I've, I've watched this over and over. And, of course, this is Washington, unfortunately, has become a place. We're making national news a lot. This made national news. It was all over social media. You had Jim Walsh was talking about it. Tim Poole was talking about it. You had guys all over the you know big, huge platforms were talking about this and how ridiculous it was. I mean, it, it, so she thinks because she's a political elite that she can just call 911 and ask if she has a question.
1: It <laughs> so bizarre. Uh, it hit me personally because it's my hometown. It's Yakima. That's where I'm from, and I find out that the mayor of my hometown is calling 911 because she's upset that the police aren't arresting. <laughs> People for collecting signatures. I mean, it is so absurd. And her story keeps changing. You know, she said, I called on a Sunday because I know that 911 isn't very busy on Sundays. I don't know where you got that. You know, you pulled that out of your butt. And then she suddenly said, I didn't understand the nuances of the First Amendment, which again, you know, you take an oath of office to uphold the Constitution. And there's that one, I think it's the first one, the First Amendment free speech, petitioning your government for redress of grievances. I mean, it's just truly, truly bizarre behavior on her part. And so what I did as an activist, as a 24-7, 365 political activist, is like, well, what can I do to put a spotlight on this absurdity and help promote Jim Walsh's six initiatives that he's promoting? So I went to the Walmart that she was complaining about, spent several hours there with people collecting signatures for his initiatives, but then I did, you know, got out of the t-shirt, got into a suit and tie, and went to the city council meeting and confronted the mayor uh, directly, and I was not alone. Uh, And again, you know, normal people don't have time for city council meetings, but I went because I wanted to really put a spotlight on how truly crazy this is, and the biggest benefit of the entire thing is Everyone was talking about Jim Walsh's six initiatives, and that's, of course, what your goal is when you're promoting initiatives is get people talking about the initiatives and take advantage of the fact that when politicians do stupid things, uh, do everything you can to make, you know, lemonade out of lemons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Were you at the did you go to the same parking lot where she had called other the 911 on other people? I mean, they're, they're collecting signatures. You're at a table. You're asking people if they want to sign. And she makes it sound like they were grabbing people by the hair and dragging them over to sign the, the petitions and whatnot. We know that's ridiculous, right? Of, of
1: course. I mean, these are paid petitioners. They make money by asking people to collect signatures. Do you mm-hmm. think you're going to get more signatures by being polite and asking people or yanking them by the hair and, and dragging them over? Of course you don't. Now, the thing that we had the most fun with was she when she called 911, she said there are far right wing petitioners, right at Walmart, far right wing petitioners. So when I'm at Walmart, I'm yelling, yelling, bellowing to people that are walking by sign our far right petitions over here. Come over. These are the petitions. The mayor complained about. Are you far right enough? To sign our petitions? Well, of course, they're not far right petitions. These are real common sense initiative ideas. But nonetheless, everyone was laughing and having a good time. And it was it was just so funny to mock the mayor by come over and sign the far right petitions that you wrote about in the Yakima Herald this morning.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things I, I love about, uh, about conservatives is that we can joke about things like that and actually wear it as a badge of honor. I don't, you know, and they don't understand that they're, Oh, you're, you're far right. Okay. You know, fine. I'll own that. And then not only that, I'm going to use it to help promote what, what I'm doing. Um, you have become you've kind of shifted from the uh, you know the captain of the ship, so to speak, to a cheerleader when it comes to the initiative process here in this state. Uh, after devoting so much of your time and um, and actually uh, sacrificing a big chunk of your life and lifestyle that you're still battling, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But you have, uh, I mean, Jim Walsh, man, the guy has has really come on strong in this state as a leader, as a as a common sense uh, conservative guy for sure, and. Um, you know, leading the state GOP and still working in Congress, which is great. I'm glad he got that position. Uh, works in tandem with Let's Go Washington, which is, I, I think, also a great organization that's helping the initiative process in the state. Um, you got to spend some time with Jim recently. I, I've had him on the show here before and spent some time with him as well at different events. And uh, what, what's your what's your take on what he's doing? And, 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 you know, maybe a little bit on Let's Go Washington too. What do you think?
1: Well, what's so neat about Jim Walsh is that a couple of years ago, when I was basically made illegal for me to participate in the initiative process because of the attorney general of our state, he's essentially just said, Iman can't do initiatives anymore. Well, Jim Walsh kind of stepped up and he started filing initiatives on a lot of the bills that he's introduced that never get a hearing down in Olympia because he's a Republican and it's controlled by Democrats. Well, this cycle, he's actually promoting six initiatives. Six of them now I did one at a time. I did one per (laughs) year for you know a long time and it was very but you were
0: by yourself. I mean it was just one guy, right?
1: Yeah, no, we had a team, but but nonetheless, we were doing one initiative is hard. Jim is doing six, and it's really mind-blowing how when he sponsored the initiatives, he's just a regular state representative. Now he's the head of the state Republican Party, and he's just like this, you know, what would you call it? Uh, you know, he's got gravitas. He's got, you know, he's just, there's a weight to him. He's a, he's a very important guy. Well, it's going to be deliciously fun to watch the opponents not be able to say this is a Tim Iman initiative, like somehow that was a bad thing. And Great. instead, they're going to have to attack Jim Walsh, this completely normal regular guy elected by people down in uh, southwest washington and he's just an amazing speaker very articulate very unapologetic about being a conservative but the initiatives he's doing just you know for fun uh grab the petition stack here he's doing six different ones and so he's got them all stapled together and so as i'm going around, going to fairs, going to Yakima, going to my hometown. Uh, I'm helping them, you know, just collect signatures and kind of playing cheerleader, you know. And now he's the quarterback. I'm the cheerleader. I have no problem with that. You use captain and whatever. All I could think of was Gilligan's Island. You know, I'm, no, <laughs> I'm not the captain. I'm now the first mate. I'm now Gilligan. But I don't care. I like what that. I'm, what matters to me is the ideas. And these are great Great initiatives, great initiative ideas. And the thing I really like about Jim is that he was strategic about it. He's promoting these initiatives to collect signatures now until the end of December. And if he gets all six of them on the ballot, they'll be on the presidential ballot, on the 2024 ballot. So you have Mm -hmm. all these common sense ideas on the ballot when you're deciding whether or not you want to vote for this candidate or this candidate. Most candidates like to hide what they believe in. I'm for freedom, justice, and the American way. They all sound the same. But when you say, where are you on the Jim Walsh initiative that says, should the police be able to chase people that they suspect violated a law? I 2113. That is apple pie. But you're going to have some wacko Democrats going to know that he's going to piss off his base if he says yes. So he's going to say, I'm against that one. I'm against police being able to chase people that they think violated a law. Let's remember, we caught Ted Bundy because of a broken taillight. It wasn't because we caught him murdering somebody. It's because he had a broken taillight and he got pulled over for that. The law in Washington right now makes it illegal for that police officer to pull that guy over now. We want to go back to the way the law used to be, which is if the police suspect somebody's violating the law, they can chase after them. And we won't have to watch any more videos of people shoplifting and police watching them leave the store. Uh, It's just crazy what's allowed now in Washington. Jim Walsh, with this really great initiative, the Police Pursuit Initiative is what he calls it, says the police can chase people that they think violated the law. And to me, that's Totally common sense, not conservative, not liberal, not progressive. You know, it's just it's a no duh kind of initiative.
0: Yeah, I mean, people are literally stealing cars. And doing smash and grabs because they know that they can't be pursued and and they're in a stolen car, so they you know that they're safe. They're not going to be identified via a tag or anything like that. It's crazy. Um, you know, one of the things I really love about Jim is he's so well versed on the state constitution. And I mean, that guy is a walking encyclopedia when it comes to the state constitution because there are some subtle differences between the U.S. Constitution and what we have here in Washington State. And it's important to know those differences. I think that because of his knowledge on that. It's helped him go after certain uh, issues and initiatives and write them probably in a very good way that will withstand state muster and legal muster because uh, he's he's not he's a super smart dude and and I'm glad that he's involved in the process. Another one that we got going is uh, the carbon you know the carbon tax that we we have the highest gas prices in the country. I think we're battling with California. We bounce back and forth every other week with California and Washington on who pays the most, but. When you have diesel up here, approaching $6 a gallon in most places, regular unleaded is around five, maybe a little bit under, depending on where you're at. If you're in downtown Seattle or on Capitol Hill, it's going to be more. But uh, it's, they they said, oh, the carbon tax, it's not going to, it's going to save the environment and it's not going to increase gas prices at all. This is I-2117. And um, it's, again, another common sense thing, right? We shouldn't, In in fact, carbon is higher now than it was back in 2019 before this tax was even in place, right?
1: Well, what's so funny about this one, there's a Seattle Times columnist that said, Inslee lied to us. He said it was only going to increase gas prices three cents a gallon. Thank goodness he lied to us because this never would have passed if we had known the truth that it was going to cost 50, 60, 70 cents extra per gallon for this program. I'm so glad he lied to everybody because the end justifies the means. Sounds like a Democrat to me. Uh, I mean, that's his support group. People that say we're happy he lied to us. To me, it's totally reasonable to go to the voters now and says, now that you know the truth, now that you know how costly this insane program is, and what little benefit we're actually getting from it, do you think this is fair? And Jim Walsh, to his credit, sponsoring an initiative that just says get rid of the hidden gas tax, which is exactly what it is, and let the voters decide. And to me, that is apple pie. Should the police be able to pursue you if you violate a law? Should you have insanely high gas prices with very little benefit uh you know walsh is sponsoring those two but he's got four others and the four others are on taxes but what's really neat about him is that he's doing them as a package he's doing them kind of all together and it's a really admirable thing to be that you know if you want to call it audacious to be able to do that but when you really think about it Can the voters handle six ideas at the same time? Well, I can walk into a grocery store and buy like 30 items, and I don't get too confused. I buy the mayonnaise, I buy the mustard, I buy the relish, I buy the ketchup. I'm not confused about which one is which. I can tell. Uh, so each of these initiatives, you know, real quickly, the other four, one gets rid of the capital gains income tax. Yep. The other one says we don't want any tax based on personal income. I don't care what you call it. If it's based on personal income, we want to forbid it. Long term health care insurance is mandated for every worker. This initiative says each worker can opt out of it if they want to. Uh, So it gives worker empowerment. And then the final one is, um, uh, if you mess with our kids, you got to tell us about it. So it's about, you know, schools notifying you if your kids are going to have some kind of medical procedure. If you don't want your kids taking certain classes, they ought to be able to opt out of them. I mean, it's kind of a uh, reestablishing the fact that the kids don't belong to the schools. The kids are... Their parents' kids, their guardians' kids, you know, who should be involved in this decision making? I think the parents ought to have as much role as the school does.
0: Yeah, and I think that that one in particular, because, you know, we had one that, that didn't get garner enough signatures there to um, repeal the, the in, insane. Uh, for those that you don't know in Washington state, basically your kid can, uh, can, if, if you don't affirm their gender, they can, they can leave, they can go into a shelter. And they're going to say that because you don't affirm their gender, that's equal to abuse. They don't have to tell you where the kid is. So you've got a parent that's, that's worried to death for their child. They don't know where they are. Authorities are actually not only not required to tell a parent where they are, but they're not allowed to tell the parent where they are. And, you know, unfortunately, that didn't garner the signatures needed. Maybe again in the future we can get there. But this could be a step in that direction where you have parental notification because schools and and the school counselor's office, unfortunately, as well intended as they are, have somehow turned into a a student advocate rather than a a parent-teacher-student sort of position, which it should be, right? Well, absolutely. And again, to Jim Walsh's credit, he said,
1: well, that other measure – touched on one topic when mm-hmm. it comes to kids and parents. I want to do an initiative that addresses all of them. The idea of your kid it's brilliant. You know, helping you, you know, uh, should a parent be able to be involved with their kid on deciding which classes they're gonna take? They do that in college. Kids are choosing which classes to take. Why should it be any different in high school? And so his is actually broader. Frankly, the thing that failed, I think is, is a subset of this broader measure. Mm-hmm. And I, the thing I like about Jim is that he thinks globally. He thinks about the overall problem, and he wants to be able to solve it. And, and frankly, the one that didn't get enough signatures was only because they didn't have enough time. I mean, they yep. had like 45 days or some crazy. And they got close. They got close. Incredibly close. And what's really neat is about these six initiatives is that they've had a, a, essentially about five or six months to collect signatures. Not 45 days, but we're talking about like 180 days. And so uh, Jim has just really done an, a tremendously good job. I'm relentlessly promoting these initiatives and, and doing everything I can. I went to the Monroe Fair, going to the Puyallup Fair, going to all these events where this signature gathering is going on and doing everything I can to put a spotlight on them. But I always tell people, they're not my initiatives. They're not mine. This is Jim Walsh, and Jim Walsh deserves the credit for being able to take this thing on and, frankly, being six times more aggressive than I would. I would have picked one of these six to push. He decided I'm going to do all of them, and to his credit, he's been able to find some successful business people that are willing to uh, help be able to carry him over the finish line, and and that's that Let's Let'sGoWashington.com. Absolutely. It's just an amazing organization, but there's several other organizations that are pushing it as well. And, and again, I think it's because people are drawn to Jim. Uh, they really admire the guy. Uh, he's, he's incredibly compelling figure. My favorite story about Jim Walsh. I just got to share this one. This is one of my favorites is that he's on the floor of the state house of representatives and he's talking and the speaker cuts off his mic. He says, we're not allowed to talk about that topic or something. He kept talking and no one could tell the difference. He so projects his voice. He didn't need a microphone. The entire room could continue to hear him. I'm up in the up in the gallery and I can still hear him. And I was laughing my ass off watching him not let the Democrats steamroll him. Instead, he was going to finish what he started and finish his remarks. So I was just I I've, I've always been impressed with the guy and now here he is head of the State Republican Party, but at the same time promoting six initiatives at the same time he's a representative in the state house. I mean, this guy is an amazing man and I'm proud to be uh, supporting the six initiatives that he's doing.
0: Yeah. He's still involved in the, in the, you know, in the legislative process, which is cool because uh, a lot of times people didn't understand that you can do both. You know, that's not, uh, that's perfectly fine. People have done it in the past. Uh, Oftentimes though you just have a chair and they're not also in legislature legislative branch but he does both and and on top of that like you said does all these initiatives he's had some great support i think of people you know if they want to help in the process i don't know if, if they're still uh, gathering signature people oh, yeah. but i mean it's a paid position you can go to let's go com or let's go com, and they will uh you know there's a spot right there you can apply and and i think they're you know you get 20 bucks an hour or whatever for going out there and collecting signatures um and, uh, you know, better than, than working at McDonald's, although they, they almost make $20 an hour nowadays. Well, they're um, actually paying per signature now,
1: as it turns okay. out. And, and it's uh, worked out really well. Uh, always realize when it comes to paid petitioners is the people signing it aren't being paid anything. All these paid yeah. petitioners do are giving people the opportunity to be able to sign it. So they're standing outside of a Walmart, standing outside of a grocery store. and say, would you like to sign these initiatives? and People can sign them or they don't have to sign them. Nobody's using a gun to coerce you into signing these. But I was struck in Yakima, of course, my hometown, very conservative area of the state. But people were very eager to be able to sign all six of them because they are so common sense. I mean, honestly, you know, should you be able to opt out of a particular program if you don't want it? Do you really want to have these massive high gas prices in the state of Washington? Do you really want an income tax in the state of Washington? I see the shirt. Hence the shirt, exactly. And and the thing that is really uh, fun about the initiative process is everybody's vote counts exactly the same. So the only thing that I'm worried about is, is people are walking in. Are you a voter? Are you a voter? And then they say, yes. And I said, but are you a far right voter? And they would smile and laugh. And they go, oh, are those those ones that the Yakima mayor's freaking out about? Oh, yeah, I want to sign those, you know. And so there's a rebellious side to it. I think, with a lot of voters, is that if a bunch of politicians are telling you don't do something and they're going to call 911 if you're out there signing petitions or collecting signatures, you kind of say to yourself, well, you dirty dogs, you know, this is the citizen initiative process. It's not the politician initiative process. You know, this is something that we have control over, and you shouldn't be calling 911 and trying to get people arrested for exercising their
0: rights. Oh, it's ridiculous. And the income taxing is big. You know, a, a lot of people mistakenly believe in Washington State. And I was one of them until I had the chance to talk with uh, Jim Walsh, in fact, uh, that a, people say, well, an income tax is, is not allowed under state constitution in, in Washington. That's not true. We, as long as it's equal – and 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 across the board then they can. And so uh this this initiative for the uh, no income taxes to protect us uh, correct me if i'm wrong um is, is to protect us going forward so that they can't in the future decide to add a income tax on top of our sales tax and our gas tax and everything else, right? Absolutely. If it's based on your personal income, I don't call it,
1: care if you call it a payroll tax, an excise tax, an income tax, a banana tax. I don't care what you call it. If it's based on your personal income, that is, by definition, an income tax. And that's the way it's always been. It's always been interpreted that way. But recently, our wacko Supreme Court said, well, this recent tax increases in excise tax.
0: God, opened uh, the door. Uh- uh-
1: Oh, and it was Pandora's box, you know, pick your metaphor, camel's nose under the tent. You know, they really opened the door that says, well, get creative, find new words to describe it, call it a surcharge, call it, you know, a premium, call it something, you know, other than what it does. And for 100 years, our court system said, we don't care what you call it, it's how it functions, we'll decide whether or not it's an income tax. This Supreme Court threw out 100 years of precedent and said, we're going to find this legal. The initiative process asks a separate question whether it's legal or not do you want it i don't think anybody in the state of washington wants an income tax on top of the highest sales tax in the nation highest gas tax in the nation huge property taxes i mean they're already taxing us to death and yet they're saying oh it's not enough we have to do cap and trade we have to do higher gas prices we have to do all these other things in order to bring in even more revenue Income tax, I mean, it is the most unifying issue I've ever found in Washington state is that whether you're Republican or Democrat, unless you're a complete left wing Democrat, you just don't want the state government or any local government, for that matter, getting in there and looking at your finances and figuring out how much income you made
0: and try and figure out some percentage they're going to take. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so again, and and I totally agree, if people want to get involved, uh, you can, I I think Let's Go Washington is just a great resource of information, because they've kind of compiled everything on the same website. And um, you can print out the initiatives really slow. Let's go Washington.com. There
1: That's you go. Washington.com. It's a very, very comprehensive thing, shows all six initiatives and each one of them. Like I said, just totally common sense ideas. And I mm-hmm. always reminded people when you sign a petition, it doesn't mean that you're for it. You're simply in favor of the voters having a chance to vote on it. And it yeah. really and, does take a lot of pressure off of people when they realize, oh, signing this, I'm just letting voters vote on it. And that really does uh, give uh, better voter empowerment
0: yeah and you can download the full text of it right there from their website too and 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 uh as well as you know help gather signatures if you want you know something you don't you didn't have twenty five years ago twenty five years ago when you were pushing thirty dollar card tabs we didn't have all this i mean we had internet but it was it was kind of clunky still and uh yep. building yeah. websites was not something that just everybody could do by going to a, a some you know thing online and and building a a package website. you had to have like a professional come in and do it and um so it's great that we have these resources now uh and let's shift gears here for a little bit um I, I know you got some things to get to in time short i want to cover a couple more things Please. one is the full story of the chair now um it made national headlines back in the day and i think that they still there are still those out there that like to beat you over the head with it um i get comments all the time when i'm going to have you on the show oh yeah the guy who, who stole a chair from uh, where was it? Office Depot or or Office something like Depot, that. Yes. And uh, so, but what they they don't see the they don't want to see the full story. They don't want to understand it in context. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the the video up here. And if you could if you could just kind of walk us through what's happening as as the video is playing because uh, there's no sound. So you go ahead and just kind of narrate this. That that would be great. Check it out. Well, I had just testified on a bill down in Olympia, so I'm wearing a big
1: red, white, and blue "Let the Voters Decide" T-shirt. So most, you know, people that are shoplifting are putting sunglasses on and a hoodie, and they're trying to hide, you know, who they are. Here I am. There you are walking around with Charlie Brown head there and big round face and that uh, uh, and that T-shirt. And so I end up uh, waiting for them to bring out some printers because I'm about to spend four or five hundred dollars on some additional uh, printers for our initiatives and everything. And so I'm out there waiting. So I'm twirling around in the chair, etc. And so I end up taking the chair out to my car to drop it off in the car. That's the video that everybody saw
0: on the news. And that's where it ends, right? Yeah.
1: So what they don't show is 30 seconds later, I walk back into the store in order to be able to pay for the printers as well as the chair. And so I have all the stuff. Yeah, I'm coming right back in. That part didn't get shown on the news that night because that undercut the story that they wanted to be able to, to tell. So what ends up happening is while I'm standing in line, I end up getting a phone call. And so I'm talking on my cell phone while checking out, and I'm telling the retail guy, you know, I've got all these printers. They're wheeling them out here and bringing them to me. And I said, I also got the chair. I end up you know, handing in the credit card. I'm still talking on my cell phone. I'm doing my normal cell phone stuff, multitasking, etc. And I'm still talking on the phone, even while all my stuff is being brought out with me. Well, mm-hmm. it turns out they don't give you a receipt. They email it to you. If you can believe it, I am a preferred customer at Office Depot. So as a preferred customer, instead of calling me and saying, Mr. Ryman seems to have been a mistake we have a bill here for $400, but we don't seem to be able to have the chair included in there. I would have said, go ahead and add it to the credit card. If I'm willing to spend $400 for printers, I'm certainly willing to spend $470 to also get the chair. But nonetheless, the other side tried to make this into a big, huge deal. And and I really, at the end of the day, laugh about it because it's like, really Does this even logically make sense? If I was taking a chair, I probably would wheel it out to the car and drive away. No, I wouldn't go back into the store. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So so anyway, it was so implausible. What I really enjoyed, though, was how my supporters gave me the benefit of the doubt. They said, there must be an explanation. What's your side of it? I explain it. Everybody gets it. But I would get... Voicemails and said tim if you really need a chair i've got an extra one you can just have mine
0: i mean (laughs) everyone
1: everyone got into it i mean because it was it just became a joke
0: and that video totally shows everything i mean you yeah you come back into the store you go to the checkout register you're on the phone you can see that right in the video you can see the guy with the with the dollary uh you know pushing the the product the, the printers out that you bought and you're following them out to the car and uh nobody sees that part of it. that's why i wanted to bring it up because i, I just it, it's it, it's not an easy video to find by the way to find the full not to of find course. the full video i had to d- dig for that but I, I knew it was out there somewhere and, and so i wanted to make sure that when
1: I'm out in public some people bring it up you know well why did you do it and i said you have no idea what a nice chair it was you would understand better <laughs> If you knew how nice this chair was and they would look at me like, what are you admitting to it? And so I said, if you're stupid enough to ask the question, I'm going to give you a stupid answer. I I, honestly, you have to laugh at it because after 26 years of political activism, I've got a dinosaur skin. I mean, nothing affects me anymore. I've been called every name in the book. And so if the worst they could come up with is he spent $400 for printers, but he refused to spend $70 extra for a chair, Uh, you know, Come on. That's that's about as pathetic as it comes. But again, what's really kind of fun about this, you know, Jim Walsh doing these six initiatives and stuff they're the best they're going to be able to come up with is Tim Iman backs Jim Walsh's initiatives right. Don't support Jim Walsh's initiatives because Tim Iman likes them. I don't think it worked when they said they're sponsored by Tim Eyman. They didn't care that I was the sponsor. They didn't like me. Uh, vote for him because they like me, or vote against him because they dislike me. They vote on the ideas themselves. But it's gonna really sound pathetic when they say, "Don't support these initiatives," because yeah, Jim Walsh is the sponsor, but Tim Eyman, the guy who took a chair, he likes them too. And yeah, and most people are gonna scratch their heads going that's your best argument against police being able to chase people they think violated a law. That's your best argument against that initiative. I mean, I'm really looking, fun, uh, looking forward to 2024 when the other side's heads explode because they're not going to be able to use uh, me as a whipping post.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting year. Unlike uh, any other, I think uh, all things considered that's going on nationally uh, with the presidential thing and the, the Trump indictments and all of that. And, um, and then and then of course you know who, who's going to end up running for the democrats i don't think it's going to be biden personally and uh and and then what's going on in this state as well with everything like you said i mean we have a governor coming in Inslee is leaving he's going to go make his millions somewhere i'm sure and um so we have now uh i believe the um the uh, i like to call them the even the puppet master to some extent, I don't personally, I don't think Inslee is a very smart person. I think that he kind of just goes along the party line and do do and, and kind of does his thing and talks about his environmental uh, extremism and that sort of thing. Whereas attorney general, Bob Ferguson, who is running for governor now to, to replace Inslee, he is a calculated bad, bad person. And he is not stupid. He's more dangerous I think than Inslee. And if he gets to, to run this state, um, we're in for a world of hurt. Um, and he also seems to have these personal vendettas. I mean, he's never seen a lawsuit that he didn't like. And he has filed more lawsuits, I think, than probably any attorney general um, in, in the country in, in the time that he's been in there since like 2014 or something like that. Um, and he's, he's got a personal vendetta uh, with you, it appears. What's up with this guy? Well, I mean, he
1: sued Trump 99 times. I don't know why he couldn't come up with 100, you know, uh, did, you know, rounding air, but he sued Trump 99 times. He uh, sued some poor woman, a florist from the Tri-Cities, because she didn't want to do flowers for a gay wedding. Uh, He's gone after me and taken my house and imposed this massive fine against me and essentially made it illegal for me to earn money or be able to do uh, initiatives. And, you know, you really think about it, it's like, and that's with him in control of one government agency as governor he would be in charge of like 25 government agencies you know department of transportation dshs uh, you know taking care of social and health services every agency would be run by a guy who is vindictively only gone after his political adversaries and always let off the hook his political allies every single time I mean, it's not even a close call. I mean, if you're on the wrong side, he will use all the government resources and weaponize them against you. And so I'm still fighting uh, and appealing my case. And And if people can go to my website, it's timdefense.com, because I'm trying to defend myself. It's right on the screen. Yeah, timdefense.com. Uh, I need to pay my lawyers in order to be able to continue to appeal the case. And it is truly absurd what we're talking about. It says... I'm no longer a person anymore. I'm now a political committee. Uh, it says I'm supposed to somehow uh, pay a fine of $5.6 million. The Eighth Amendment of the Constitution is against excessive fines. I've got like a couple thousand dollars in the bank right now. They took my house. They drained all my bank accounts. Is, is $5.6 excessive for somebody who's... Got a couple thousand in the bank. You know, I mean, these are obvious things. But the weird part is, well, I'm not allowed to actually participate in our political system. No one believes the First Amendment will allow that. But Richard Sanders, who's a former state Supreme Court justice, my lawyer, the reason I'm raising money, TimDefense.com, is that we've got the better arguments, Tim, but they seem to have the better judges. And that's kind of what we're up against. And we've got to slog through the state system before we're allowed to take it into the federal courts. And so it's been going on for 11 years. It's a nonstop fight. And what I think Ferguson's always counted on is I would eventually give up, that I would just throw up my hands and mm-hmm. say, you know what, I'm moving to Idaho or I'm committing suicide or I'm, I'm gonna go do something else with my life. And I just ref- maybe I'm just too irish Maybe I'm just too, you know, Yakima, maybe a little too white trash, but I can't walk away from a barroom fight like this one is because I know that if he gets away with with me, he's just going to turn around and go after a Dan Nunn or he's going to go after a Jim Walsh or he's going to go after a Scott King. He's, he's going to find somebody else to target and say, well, we got away with it with Iman. We can do it with anybody.
0: Yeah, and that's uh but isn't that what the left does? I mean, they're just so used to getting their ways and they don't get a lot of pushbacks in in Washington state in particular. I mean, the court system is so full of those activist judges and now in the state supreme court as well. So, um but I think if you keep the keep up the good fight and get it into a, a federal judge's hands, they will see the absurdity of it and the whole thing will go away. Unfortunately, um you've had to pay a a, a very high price to to get there. And,
1: um, it's true, but I always have to remind myself, I mean, I'm luckier than most. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that are helping me like not die. Uh, so that's nice. Uh, uh, people are willing to help donate to my legal defense fund so I can have a legal defense. I mean, the attorney general literally fired my last lawyer, Uh, It's the most bizarre thing because I was forced into bankruptcy. He was able to actually have control over how I spent my own money. And he basically said, well, him having a lawyer, he isn't competent to be able to represent Iman. And so for a period of time, I had to represent myself because the AG was blocking me from having legal representation. I mean, it is the biggest persecution of somebody in Washington state history. He spent more money going after me than all other cases in the last 11 years combined. I mean, the full resources of his office were dedicated for the sole purpose of going after me, my wife, my three kids, my relatives, people that were close to me. I mean, all I could think about was, well, that's what the mafia does. They go after not just the person but people that are close to him also. I mean, that's the guy that's running for governor. And to me, I think one of the best no campaigns on him being governor is me continuing to appeal this case and fighting this fight because what I'm afraid of is if he gets away with me, he's just going to go after somebody else using this as a legal precedent. So I I really hope people will help me again with TimDefense.com and be able to help me be able to fight Ferguson.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, for sure. timdefense.com. Check it out. And, uh, also, uh, permanentoffense.com is, is where you can find out a lot of, uh, you know, updates on what's going on with the initiatives and, and things that, uh, Tim no longer is, is responsible for, but supports, uh, as a, as a supporter and a cheerleader. Um, the, I, I, I got to ask, I recommend people go to let's go yeah. to learn about the initiatives
1: because all I'm doing is promoting Jim Walsh's six. So let's go is probably the best place for the initiatives to help me with my legal defense. Timdefense.com would be the best.
0: Great, great. Hey, I gotta, I gotta ask since we talked about Bob Ferguson and we know that he's running as the Democrat side for the governor of Washington. Let's talk just for a Briefly on the the Republican side, and I know where I stand and I know who who I endorse and support. I've had him on the show um, a couple of times now. I've had a lot of time to uh, visit with him also at events. And that's semi bird. I really like where he's coming from. I like his platform and the way it's spelled out. I mean, you go to his website, and it is his platform. You cannot mistake where he's at on the issues. And it's really spelled out. And then, of course, we have Reichert, who's a career politician. He's been around forever, and he has the name recognition and all of that. Uh, Do you have a preference at this point? I like them
1: both, and and I have the benefit of when I ran in 2020, uh, I liked everybody that was running. And I said, I'll support whoever it is the voters end up uh, deciding. And they ended up deciding they wanted uh, Lauren Culp. He got more votes Mm -hmm. than I did. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's math. You know, if he gets more votes— That means more voters wanted him to be the one that runs against uh, Inslee. And so I'm the same way when it comes to uh, the Republicans that are running on the Republican side against uh, whoever the Democrat's going to end up being. And our state's weird because it's the top two primary. Yes. So it could end up being two Republicans, could be two Democrats, it could be a Republican Democrat. We don't know. But at the end of the day, you know, Semi Bird, uh, Dave Riker, they fit my value system more than any Democrat would. And so therefore, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just going to be one voter. And I'm pretty ambivalent as to whatever the voters want to do, whoever they choose. That's going to be the adversary that's going to take on whoever the Democrat is. And I certainly hope that we're I always hear about this. It's called the tipping point. There's a point where every state reaches where the voters finally say, you know what? This party isn't getting the job done. When is enough enough, right? When is enough enough? I thought 2020 was enough is enough i think this cycle i think it things have gone so wacko and so nutsy and i think jim's six initiatives really illustrate beautifully how absolutely nuts one party control has been and so i think us having at least one branch of government controlled by another party would provide some checks and balances in the system that i think would make it work a lot better this one party rule for 40 years (coughs) look what we have we had skyrocketing taxes across the board huge social problems, homelessness problems. You can't point at a Republican and say your guy's fault because they've never had control. So, you know, isn't it time to try something new? And to me, a lot of these common sense ideas like what Jim Walsh is promoting with his six initiatives, again, I always promote them, uh, with these six initiatives, I think it's a really great way to illustrate uh, and force all the candidates, both at the state and local level, where do you stand on these six initiatives? And if they actually have to answer that question. You're going to learn which ones are the wacko Democrats and which one uh, of the person people that are running are in the reasonable category. And I think if somebody says, hey, I'm in favor of police chasing people that they think violated the law. wow, well, that seems like a pretty reasonable guy. If they're hearing the other guy, let's say Ferguson saying, no, that's a bad idea. You can't allow police to chase people that they think violate the law because police, you can't trust them. Well, we're seeing in Seattle what it's like to not have any police it's you know they're just innocent bystanders watching all the crime going on because they can't do anything about it cuz the law is preventing them from getting involved
0: yep and i and i agree i mean either uh, bird or record either one would be better than what we have going on right now and uh, and i hope that um and the same on the national level is once once the once the primary process is through and we're heading into the main election by the way i can't wait to see the debates and that because some of these initiative items will come up in the debates and in the else. state and and we can hear what ferguson has to say about him and how he defends their position and how radical they are um but same on the national level and dan bongino i, I, I listen, listen to his show a lot his big platform and he yeah. always says that you know when is enough enough and and he and, you know obviously americans They just haven't had enough yet. And um, I hope that we do get there soon and uh, nationally and also statewide because things need to change. So much of this state just wants common sense. We just want to live our lives and and have the government just just get the hell out of it.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. But, hey, uh, Dan, I really, really want to thank you for having me on again. And I really appreciate Jim Walsh doing these initiatives. And I just really hope that people will get involved help get these initiatives qualified we have from now until the end or we uh uh jim's team has from now until the end of december to collect the necessary signatures so if you see these petitions outside of walmart or something like that you know sign all six of them and let the voters decide
0: yep absolutely hey thanks for coming on we're going to do this again uh one day soon okay um Hey everybody that was uh, that was Tim Iman, a tax activist here in Washington state happy to have him on again he was my first guest and uh, it, when i started doing this thing and now he's he's on here again so uh, that's been great um, let's go washington.com is where you can find out a lot of information on the initiatives that are Ongoing in Washington right now. TimDefense.com is where you can go to support Tim. Anyway, hey, thanks for watching. And, uh, you know, if you've just been listening on a podcast channel or renegaderadio.com, make sure to go to slash the Nun Report. You can see all the video and clips and different things that we put up. I'm on all the socials at the Nun Report except for TikTok because I don't do that com EBS. Or you could just go to my website, the Report.com. It's all right there. Anyway, hey, Thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.